Would you remain standing for the reading of today's scripture lessons? From the prophet Jeremiah, we hear these words, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of the drought, it is not anxious and it does not cease to bear fruit. And from the gospel according to St. Matthew, we hear these words from Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Welcome back to our, our Pathways series where we all are invited, encouraged, challenged to take our next best step forward. That's beginning to happen. Uh, Our guests' status, several of our guests are no longer guests. They are now members, and they have made that, that step forward, that transition into full membership here at First Methodist Church. I heard uh, between worship services something very beautiful happened. I heard how one person in our early service uh, invited another person in our early service to take the next step and to go to Sunday school for the very first time. It's happening. What God is doing at First United Methodist Church in Montgomery to inspire all of us to take our next step forward is happening. And it's a beautiful thing to be a part of that. So what does happen when one becomes a member and decides this is my home, this is my family? What is the next step? What are those next steps? This is true for those who have just recently become uh, members. And by the way, uh, church, uh, let it not be lost on us that some of our newest members know that they're only going to be here for a few months before they deploy again. But they thought so um, much about this church and what God is doing here. They said, for these uh, short few months, this is going to be our home. That's powerful. Amen? Amen. So whether we've been here for a few months or only will be here for a few months or whether we are going to be here and call this place home until we go on to the church triumphant, it's important to know that baptism is the gateway to God's family, that the covenant of membership is is what connects us with the flock. What are our next steps? What do we do do next? And to to be clear, uh, each pathway pathway to membership, the pathway to growth, the pathway to service, the pathway to giving, it all has with it an increased level of of commitment throughout this series. So I want to use this relational analogy again. Uh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago because there's a huge difference between a first date and a date at eight months. There's a difference between a first date, a date at eight months, an engagement, and certainly marriage, right? On one end, first date, On the other end, marriage, and there's a lot of connection and learning to trust one another over the course of those two points. But when the two become one, wow, that's when growth really begins to happen, right? The commitment level is there. The expectations are there. When seeds of trust are planted, that's when confidence begins to grow and new life is formed. In a similar way, from visiting the church to joining the church to growing and knowing and moving and doing, we're all in this journey 
together. And so in, in a lot of ways, like that dating analogy, the covenant of membership, the covenant of growth is one of confidence. It's one of trust. It's one of fidelity. Do I trust uh, that God will do what God says? Do I trust that the person next to me or in front of me or behind me will do what he or she says? Will I do my part for them as well? It's a trust factor. Coming forward in that way, albeit to the waters of baptism or to the vows of membership and taking a next step along the pathway to growth requires a little bit of trust, trusting one another. Jeremiah says, bless is the one whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord. Uh, confidence goes hand in hand with trust or fidelity. Uh, do you have confidence that God will do what God says will do, that the church will do, that we will do our part in the church and commit to what we're doing? In whom or in what does your confidence lie? That's, those are two of life's big questions, aren't they? I was sharing earlier that our confidence has been tested this week. It happened uh, back on Monday, midday on Monday, when our dependency on social media left us with shakes of withdrawal. How many of you felt that? Yes, you did, I know you did. Facebook and Instagram and something called WhatsApp, I don't know what that is, went down and were offline for several hours. And the way I see it, there was one of two responses. Those of you who were cynical said, uh, you sang a hymn kind of like, praise my soul, the king of heaven, or hallelujah, thine the glory. No more Facebook, right? Others, oh, you were singing the blues. Nobody knows the trouble I feel. How many of you sang that, right? You were offline for 30 minutes. You were already singing the, the lament blues. I know it. I know it. I was hoping that in, in going down and in the network configurations being offline and, and the breaches in the signals and all the connection breaks in the server, I was really hoping, hoping that I would never get one of those you need a home warranty messages again or is this you in that video message that I get all the time? It's so funny, I got one of those at the 845 service when I was telling this story. Is this you in the video? No, it's not me in the video. <laughs> and I know you don't know you're sending it. That's what makes it so weird, right? Yes. What if it goes down again? Is there not a seed of suspicion that's been planted? Do we have confidence that, that social media, our primary form of connection these days, is going to remain viable? It's going to be up and running. We're not going to have any glitches so that we can keep up in real time with every single person and every single headline and every single mean tweet and, and healthy tweet and inadvertent like or love or whatever else goes on on these things and every topic. Honestly, honestly, I was hoping it would stay down a little bit longer than it did. Were you? Just to see if we could pick up the phone and call and check on each other. Maybe some of us would like to go back to rotary phones where you really have to work for that connection, right? It's so easy now. But alas, the book of faces is back up and running. That says something about our dependency on social media to connect us. And it makes us wonder if those, those platforms are authentically community at the end of the day, are they? Our reactions to being uprooted or upended or by this signal loss, it says something about death, it says something about health, it says something about where we're planted and how we're planted and by whom and next to whom. It says something about survivability. 
when things get shaky, and they will, to which Jeremiah says, to an exiled people, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They are like trees planted by the water whose roots go out into the stream. They will not fear. What if we lamented about signal loss with Christ the way that we do signal loss with social media when we cut ourselves off from the very source of life? In a local church, there's a really a theological difference, as we've been saying, between visiting a church and joining a church, and there's a relationship change there, but expectations are higher. And what that means is we begin doing things differently. There's a change. We begin reorganizing our schedules around church life because we lay down some roots. We want them to go deeper with God and, and with each other. It's like a new sprout. You know, when it first pops out of the ground, it all, everything just bends toward the sun, no matter where the sun is. We start bending our lives toward the light when we take that next step forward of growth. I, I, I'll say it like this. Tell me in whom or in what you place your full confidence, and I'll tell you the depth of your root system and if it will hold. It's not judging, just inspecting roots and fruits. <laughs> Jeremiah's image it's one of being planted and watered. And then you heard uh, Jesus' uh, words from the gospel and talks about how surrendering our lives in that way, that is planting or surrendering or taking those steps along the pathway, it's hard work. It's like trying to figure out how to get through a pop-up tent in the middle of worship with a robe on, on the floor. You did a great job with that, by the way. Great job. It's like entering a narrow gate. It's not easy. Nurturing new seeds, deepening our roots, taking that next step of vulnerability and trust with somebody we don't know, maybe even somebody we don't like by joining a group, a life group. Whew. That's serious commitment there. Jeremiah mentions confidence. Do we have the confidence that if we follow Jesus through the narrow way of this tent, <laughs> that we're going to be led where he says he will lead us? Because here's what the Sermon on the Mount does not say. It does not say that some things will be required of you or that much will be required of you. It says everything will be required of you. If you say yes to Jesus through the waters of the baptism, through the waters of membership, everything will be required. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, witness, that's about the totality of one's life. Time, talent, treasure, that, that sums it up. Everything will be required. So this pathway to growth is making this clear distinction between the ways of the world and the way of the disciple who will say yes to Jesus, between the wide path that leads to destruction, the narrow path that, that leads to life, between shallow roots and, and deep roots. There's one preface to the gospel lesson. I didn't read it uh, this morning. But just prior to teaching this lesson to his disciples about the wide path and the narrow path, Jesus tells his disciples to beware of wolves disguised in sheep's clothing. Now, isn't that an interesting analogy? I think what he means is when you try to find your way through, through that tent, through the narrow path, there will be people and events and 
things that deter you from growing in the knowledge and love of God through our Savior Jesus Christ. Wolves and sheep's clothes, they seem so harmless, like rearranging uh, time commitments to worthwhile events, but over time, there's an erosion and the church begins to take a back seat. Same happens with our giving that it does with our participation. We, our giving to the church takes a back seat to lifestyle spending. We all do it, your preacher included. There's slow erosion of, of morality and things that we read about and, and see and all that. All of a sudden we just become numb and desensitized to it and it seems so harmless, but over time we wake up and we think, how in the world did I get blown off course? Why won't my roots hold? What happened? And you counter that with how easy it can become these days to be a Christian, just almost as easy as just drawing water or turning the ignition on a car. It's there when we need it, right? To which Jeremiah says, blessed are those who are planted by the water, whose roots enter out into the stream of the water. Speaking of water in our baptismal covenant, there's, there's two things that we say. Will you nurture this person or this child or, uh, in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he or she may be guided to accept God's grace, to profess faith, to lead a Christian life? What we're saying, in other words, will you grow these children? Will you grow these human beings from seeds into trees? The second is, we say this in response, with God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons or this child or this youth or this adult with a community of love and forgiveness that they may do what? What's the verb? Grow. Grow in the knowledge. That's head and love. That's heart and hands of God. And so in the church, what we, what we do for those who want to take the step along the pathway is we provide greenhouses for you to grow. That's called your Bible study group, your covenant group, your Sunday school class. We have landscape architects. That's your teachers and your class presidents. They till up the ground and, and cultivate things. And then we have these things called nurseries, which are, well, nurseries, because we grow and plant them here at a very early age, and we let water and the Spirit do its work. It reminds me of a story that, that I heard that came out of Europe. I think there was a group of, of tourists, and um, they came to this very uh, scenic and well-put-together town, very old town, and they came in with their hats and their cameras and their maps, and they sort of in a condescending way looked down at this older fellow who was seated up against the fence, and they said uh, to that person, were any great men or women born in this village? And the man said, nope, only babies. We're born in this village, right? The idea is that every person who enters the covenant of salvation through a local church is on the pathway to growth. But whether a 60-year-old person or a six-month-old child comes in, they're still babes in Christ. We're not born having arrived at this state of, of discipleship. It's a journey. And it's been going on for 2,000 years. I've been thinking a lot lately about the saints we've lost in the past year. Lillian and I have been working to contact their families and many of your families. In about three weeks on All Saints Sunday from, from this very chancel area, we're gonna call the names of the saints who have died in the past year. 
those who were shaken but not severed from their root source, those who might have bent a time or two but were never broken, they are trees planted by the water, and we sit beneath their shade and we enjoy their fruit, and we miss them and we love them so much. So I'm leaning on them even now, as you are. It reminds me that this next step from membership to growth, planting roots, staying on the narrow track, it creates a little bit of separation from the, the one who attends and the one who's really ready to get serious. The passage from Jeremiah is one of my favorites for this reason. Those who trust in the Lord are like a tree planted by the waters whose roots extend into the stream. They run deeply. Did you know that the Bible begins and ends in a garden? Did you know that? It does. I'm, it reminds me so much of the, the marital covenant that I mentioned just a minute ago because in a, in a lot of ways, Genesis, the garden in Genesis is like God asking people out on a first date, you know, I want this to happen. And then by the time we get to Revelation, it's Christ, the bridegroom, coming back for his bride, the church. And all throughout the, the different points, the beginning and the ending of the Bible, there's a lot of garden imagery. Ezekiel says something familiar. I love that text. Tell me if you know this text. There's a river flowing from the throne of God, and everything that the river touches will have what? Life. Jeremiah says the one who trusts in the Lord will be like a tree planted by a stream. It will not be shaken. Here's where I'm going with all this, friends. There must be something to that life which the waters of the river touch. There must be something to the water. The place from which you draw your source of life will determine the strength of your root system. There must be something in the water that leads us to life. At the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. There must be something in those waters that lead to life. There, there must be something in these waters that lead to life. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because there's something in that water. Jesus said, even a cold cup of water given to the least among you will yield a reward unselfishly given. There's something in that water that yields life. Jesus took the waters of Cana and turned them to the wine of heaven. There must be something to the one who commands the water. And you'll know this story. On the stormy waters of the Sea of Galilee, he said, be still because those waters were trying to steal life and cause destruction and rob life. So the master of those waters said, not anymore. Settle down. The water's laid down. There must be something about the one who's on the water in the boat with us. Jesus met the woman at the well and said, you're searching for the wrong kind of water. There must be something to that living water that when it touches us, there's life, there's growth, there's abundance. There's joy, there's peace, there's hope for the world. 
Flowing from the throne of God is a river, and everything the river touches will have life. The one who trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by that river. The roots run deep, and there's something in that water. It's called grace. Everything the water touches will have life because the key ingredient of growing in this world is the grace of Jesus Christ. And these waters... They're open to every human being. It reminds me of something that John Newton said. He, he wrote the wonderful hymn that we know as um, Amazing Grace. But he said something else, and I, I keep this close to me. He wrote, I am not what I might be. I am not what I ought to be. I'm not what I wish to be. I'm not what I hope to be. But thank God, I am not what I once was. And I can say with the great apostle, by the grace of God, I am what I am. We all began as seeds, my brothers and sisters. But when we'll take a step forward and begin planting our, our roots here, the grace of God is growing us into trees. It's by that grace alone that we grow in the knowledge and love of God through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Almighty and holy God, some of us were lovingly planted by the streams of your grace. And for some of us who are seeds, we've been pushed down into the ground but we're all here planted nonetheless, and we pray that the waters of baptism that have fallen on our heads would be the headwaters leading to the source of all life. And through our saying yes to Jesus, our saying yes to the local church, we begin to tap into something deeper that connects us with you, it connects us with one another, it connects us with our community, calls us to a higher purpose. It changes the relationship status, and it gives us divine inspiration. So, Lord, help us this morning to remember our baptism and be thankful, knowing that there's something in that water. It's grace, and it leads us to life for which we are grateful. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, for all that you are doing here at First United Methodist Church in Montgomery. And all God's people said, Amen.